And now we take you to Evangel Church in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Well, good morning, Evangel. It's good to be here. When you look at that, it's good to be anywhere. Uh, I've had the privilege of traveling to 55 nations. Uh, this year, I just, in uh, July the 4th, I celebrated 45 years of full-time preaching and ministry, traveling around the world. And um, it's, uh, I'm thankful. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's been kind of an exceptional year this year because uh, uh, somewhere in that 45 years, I got older. And uh, I don't know how that happened exactly, but uh, in February of this year, I experienced something that I'd never experienced before. I had what they called a heart event. I told them it really wasn't an event. If you have an event at my house, we have cake and ice cream. Um, th they did not serve cake and ice cream. They gave me a heart bypass. And, uh, and so I had uh, double bypass surgery in February. And four weeks later, I was preaching in Kentucky. And a few weeks after that, I was traveling again overseas. And so the Lord has helped me to uh, continue to be about the Father's business. And I'm so thankful for that. Uh, I also, in, in June this year, I had cataract surgery. And huh, I can see all of you now. It's amazing. Uh, for the first time in 25 years, don't have glasses. And my, you're a pretty group of people. And um, I'm so very thankful. I told somebody, I'm, I'm not, <clears throat> some of y'all remember the old television show, The Six Million Dollar Man. I'm not the six million dollar man. I'm about 175,000 uh, <laughs> at this stage. But uh, <clears throat> thank you, Evangel, for standing with me and ministering in all of these nations and touching people. Uh, we had a great team, Zach and the team from uh, Evangel came. We had a great time in Cuba and ministry there, and the Lord helped us uh, to do a lot of things for the kingdom of God. And I had a team right behind them from uh, Hopkinsville, Kentucky, and we ministered. And then I went to, uh, I was home for three days, and I went to Guatemala and took a team uh, to Guatemala, and I was home for two days, and I went back to Cuba to teach in our ministry training school. And a week from tomorrow, I'll be in the Philippines. And so uh, I'll be uh, on three different uh, islands. There's 7,000 islands in the Philippines, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be on three of them. And we're going to do pastor's conferences and minister and teach there. And so I covet your prayers for that. And before the end of the year, I will be in Cambodia. I'll be in China. I will be in Poland. And I'll also be in uh, India uh, before the end of the year and teaching and training uh, leaders and pastors there. So <clears throat> we appreciate you praying for us. Thank you, Pastor, for standing with us and, and the support that you give to us. Uh, we appreciate that so very, very much and just so grateful for all of you. Uh, if you'd like to know more about what we do, you can go to my website at ronaldgrayministries.org or you can find me on Facebook uh, or Twitter and uh, you can uh, check on us and see what we're doing. One thing I'd like to mention is um, I'm taking another tour, uh, leading another tour to Israel next January. And a number of groups uh, from here uh, have uh, been with us uh, before to Israel. Uh, I know you can go with a television preacher, but if you go with me, it's fun. Uh, just telling you. 
So uh, there, there are some brochures out on the guest table. And if you'd like to go with us in January of this year, uh, it's really a reasonable cost. And we're doing something that quite honestly, that I've never seen another tour uh, group offer. The last, we're, we've added a day and it's going to be a completely free day in Jerusalem. No tour, no plans, no having to do certain things. Just be in Jerusalem, walk around Jerusalem at your own pace, sit and drink a cup of coffee, just enjoy the presence of being there. And so I believe it's, uh, it's, it's just kind of an exceptional thing. I've never really seen another, uh, when I told the tour group, this is what I want to do, they're, saying, they're like, are you sure? I said, yes, we are sure. This is what we want to do. And so people have really responded to that. So if you'd like to go with us uh, in January of next year, we'll be leading that tour to Israel and and it'd be a great time to be there and to see uh, those sites in Jerusalem and go to Masada and go to Bethlehem and go to some of those places. It is uh, a trip of a lifetime and it may be on your bucket list. And if it is, you need to go with me. And uh, I'd love to have you participate. Last year, Sarah Dyer, several years before Sarah Dyer went with me this last, uh, this past January and, um, we had a great time. It was wonderful to be with somebody that was such great friends with my mom and dad and, and just to kind of reminisce about things. It was a, it was a great time together. And so uh, we'd just like to invite you and to participate and share in those things. Amen. Well, I want to share with you a word of the Lord today. I want to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20. This is a very um, familiar portion of Scripture uh, it, it is particularly to me because as uh, Pastor introduced, you know, I, I, I grew up here in the church and, and there was a season from the time that I was uh, 15 years old to the time that I was uh, about 18 years old that I led the youth group at that time was called the Christ Ambassadors. H how many of y'all remember Christ Ambassadors? Yeah, there's about five of you. Uh, that's old. Um, John Hurley, uh, right there, he, he, we were talking, he, he was part of um, our youth group when uh, I was leading it. So that tells you a lot, okay? Um, uh, John is no longer known as John Hurley. He's just the mustache. He is, he's, uh, that's all he's known by. Um, but uh, we sang a song that, from that we, we used the scripture as our basis and we sang a song, We Are Christ Ambassadors. And we sang that song every time we came together and it, it just became a part of us. But I believe that God wants to say something to us afresh and anew. And so I want to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20. It says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God we're pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Let's pray together. Father, thank you, Lord, for this house. Thank you for this people. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to serve you and to build your kingdom. Thank you, Lord, for church, Lord, that believes in mission, that helps me and others, Lord, to be about your business and go into all the world and proclaim your kingdom. And so today I ask you, Lord, to give ears to hear, Lord, what you want to say to us. Lord, we open up ourselves to you and say, God, have your way, accomplish your plan and your purpose. We give you all the praise and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the word ambassador 
is, the definition is an official envoy, a diplomatic agent of the highest rank, accredited to a foreign or government as the resident representative of his own sovereign or appointed for a special and often temporary assignment. One of the things that as I travel, it is amazing to me how many people I have come to me and say, I have no idea what the will of God is for my life. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what the Lord has for me in my life. Well, I came today to help all of you. You are an ambassador for Christ. That is your function. That is your calling. Everybody, everybody that is here, we are ambassadors for Christ. We are here, we talk about that we're in this world, but we're not of this world. We are aliens living in this world, and we are here as diplomatic agents, representative of the kingdom of God, and we are appointed for sometimes a special or sometimes a temporary, often really for all of us, a temporary. We're not here forever, but we're here on assignment to do what God has called us to do. But the truth is, is, you know, again, I meet a lot of people. A lot of people go on trips with me. A lot of things happen. And the truth is, is a lot of people just don't have a clue what they are supposed to do. Now, a friend of mine, and I have been trying to get a word in the dictionary. It's, it's not there yet, but it's, it's acluistic. It means you don't have a clue. And it's just my, it's my personal observation that there's a lot of folks in the body of Christ who are acluistic. They don't have a clue what they're supposed to do for the kingdom of God. They come to church, they raise their hand, they give a little money, they do things, but they don't have a clue. I, I read a couple of stories about people that don't have a clue. Um, there was a couple who had been dating for 15 years, dating for 15 years. And one day she looked at it, the guy and she said, let's get married. And he said, that's a great idea, but who would have us? <laughs> he didn't have a clue. <laughs> a father looked at his future son-in-law and he said, the man who gets my daughter gets a wonderful prize. And the boy said, what is it? <laughs> he didn't have a clue. <laughs> so, so the reality is, is a lot of times we get into situations where we're not really, we don't know what it is that God wants for us. But I believe that in this day and age, I don't think it's ever been more important for us to understand that the reputation of Christ is directly affected by every one of our lives. It bothers me that there's a lot of people who say they are child of God, who serve the Lord, who build the kingdom. But the truth is, is sometimes they're detrimental to what God is wanting to do because their life is not a revelation of Jesus Christ. And so I believe that God wants us to understand that every one of us here are an example to the world 
of the kingdom. Now, some of us are good examples, and some of us <laughs> are bad examples. But everybody's an example. If you follow, if you say you're a follower of Christ, then you become an example. The Bible says that we are living epistles known and read of all men. The fact of the matter is, is we've heard this for years, but the truth is, is people look at our lives more than they listen to what we say. We could say all the right things. We got all the right words. We've got all the right sayings. We speak Christianese. We know how to tell people, but the truth is, is does our life line up with Christ? Is it following the message of Jesus Christ? Mahatma Gandhi, who led such a revolution in India, read the entire word of God and made an extremely profound statement. He said this, he said, after reading the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, he said, it is my opinion that if people understood what the Bible, he said, everybody in the world would be Christian if it were not for Christians. Now just let that sink in a minute. Everybody in the world, upon reading the word, would be a Christian if it were not for Christians. We are, many times, our own worst enemy. We proclaim that we're followers of Jesus and yet our life does not line up with the purposes and the plan of Almighty God. So I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about things that I believe that we as the body of Christ should be committed to as followers of Christ and representatives of Jesus. I believe the first thing that we should be committed to is the centrality of the cross. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, I started to read 2 Corinthians, but 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, that I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I don't know where I, it is today that in so many places that people are concerned and afraid of talking about the cross. We used to sing the hymn, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight. I want to tell you something. You can't be a Christian without the cross. You can't be a follower of Jesus without first going to the cross and knowing that Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. I cannot live my life without following the cross of Jesus Christ. The cross must not lose its place in our lives. In the picture of the tabernacle in the Old Testament, we see it was the ark of God with the mercy seat that had the central place. It was the mercy seat that sat on top of the ark that represented the mercy of God. It was the blood that was shed that gave grace to all who needed it. According to the word of God in Hebrews, Christ is the mercy seat. He's the one that paid it all, that poured the blood, that gave us redemption from sin. Without the blood, we would all be under the penalty of sin. And without the blood, there would be no power of resurrection. One-fifth of the Gospels is about the cross. Jesus came to us. 
You know, a lot of times we say we came to Jesus. No, we didn't go to Jesus. He came to us. We sang he came from heaven to earth. He came to where we were. He knows where you live. He knows your address. He knows your phone number. He knows everything about your life. Jesus came to where we are and he came and he had given his life for us that we could have eternal life. We love the scripture in John 3, 16. I think sometimes we quote it so much we lose the, the power of it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Thanks be to God that he loved us so much that he gave Jesus for the cross for the whole world, according to John 1, 29. It's not just for certain people. It's for the entire world. I believe that God loves the world. That's the reason I travel like I do, because God loves the world. The death of Jesus was not an accident. It was an accomplishment. There's a whole lot of difference. There's a mentality sometimes that it just kind of happened. No, it was the plan of God. It was the plan and purpose of God that moved God to send his son to us to die on the cross of Calvary. I believe according to Colossians 2.15 that Christ's death was the conquest of Satan's kingdom. I believe that the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. I believe that we need to understand that, that, that the death was the very conquest that there is no more dominion of sin over my life, that the Lord has set me free, and who the Son has set free is free indeed. Hallelujah. I thank God for the cross, the divine exchange where Jesus gave everything for us. He was punished so that we might be forgiven. He was wounded so that we might be healed. He was made sin with our sinfulness that we might be made righteous with his righteousness. He died our death so that we might receive his life. He endured our poverty so that we might share his abundance. He bore our shame that we might share his glory. He endured our rejection so that we might have his acceptance with the Father. He was made a curse for us so that we could enter into his blessing. Hallelujah. Oh, thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. We have victory through the Lord Jesus Christ and we need as people to be committed to the cross. If we're gonna be ambassadors, we are ambassadors of people that tell the world that Jesus died for us, that it wasn't just something that happened. I believe that we as the people of God need to respond to the cross and understand a commitment to that cross and continue to talk about the cross and believe that it's at the cross of Jesus Christ that brings redemption for our sin. Amen? Hallelujah. I believe that we need to be committed to the Word of God. <laughs> We live in a society today, if you haven't heard of the emergent church, let me just tell you something. There's a whole group of people today, and some of them have been preachers for years that are now wanting to change the Word of God. They're telling us that all the Bible is not ordained. Scripture is not the Word of God. And my response to them is, is who decides what is and what is not? You? Do you make that decision? If so, we're all in trouble. I want to tell you something. I believe that this word has withstood the test of time for thousands of years, and I still believe it from Genesis to Revelation. Hallelujah. 
I believe we need to be people who are committed to the word of God, who believe that when situations come to us, that we are just like Jesus, that we don't respond with our own ideas and our own attitude. We say, it is written. That's what builds our faith. That's what brings us to victory. That's what helps us. The Bible is a book of the ages. It was written with a purpose. It was inspired by Almighty God and by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's influenced generations of people around the world. It's food for our soul. I'm so thankful for the word. It's not just something I read when I want to preach. It's something that feeds me. It helps me to know that through him, I can live victoriously and that I can do what God has called me to do. The word should not be altered. It should be studied. It's profitable for instruction. I believe that we need to sow it as seed into the world and let people know the word of God will accomplish the purpose for which it is given. We should not be ignorant. We, I believe that we're going to live by the word of God, not our self-seeking, self-pleasing religious ideas that so many times that we have replaced truth with today. The answer to every question should be, what does the word say about it? It's the bottom line to every discussion. I believe the, Lord, the word of God will cause us to live right and will teach us how to live with one another. It's the word of God that makes a difference in our life. I believe that as the people of God, I believe that we are also committed to the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> this morning before the service, Pastor and I were meeting together and talking, and he said, Ron, we believe in altar calls. I said, I know you do, Pastor, because I believe in them too. Because I believe that God could do more in 30 seconds than we can do in 30 years. I'm thankful for the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God. I believe that a spirit-filled life was the normal experience for New Testament believers. I believe that everybody should be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, just look at your neighbor and say, he could be talking to you. <laughs> you should be filled with the Spirit. Every one of us should be filled. And the, and the when Ephesians says to be filled with the Spirit, <laughs> it literally means put as much as possible into. Can I just tell you another opinion of mine of, that I've seen? I, I think that some of us still have some room left. I think there's just a little more that the Holy Spirit could fill us. I want everything that God has. <laughs> I can't ever help. <laughs> it's just part of the deal of the package when you get with me that growing up in this church, the greatest remembrances of my life is I don't always remember the messages that Pastor Davis preached I do have the benefit that he gave me hundreds and hundreds of them that are sitting at my desk and I pull out every now and then. I say, whoa, that's good. I may not remember all the messages, but I'll tell you what I do remember. I remember going down to an altar and seeking the Lord Sunday after Sunday after Sunday saying, God, I want everything that you have to give me. There's still something left. I hadn't got it all. And 45 years of preaching later, let me just tell you, I still don't have it all. But every day, I say, God, 
I want more of you. I want everything that you have for me in my life. God, my desire is to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness and let everything else be added to me. But God, what I want is for a fresh infilling of your Holy Spirit. The world today is tired of all talk and no power. All too often today, we talk about what used to be, how the church used to be. Listen, we're the people of God called by his name. I still believe in miracles. I still believe that God can do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Let's be a people who trust in the miracle power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God. So I believe that we should, they, they, the people today want to see something real. I believe if we have been filled with the Spirit, there will be spiritual byproducts. The Bible says there is fruit of the Spirit. Everybody say fruit. Fruit is something that should flow out of your life. It's not something you should make happen. It should just happen. Fruit should flow out of your life. What is the fruit of the Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, faith, goodness, meekness, temperance. Those things should flow out of our life. But again, the reality is, is a lot of people don't want to come to church because there's not fruit in some of our Christian lives that causes them and draws them to a relationship with Christ. People should want what we have. I said, <laughs> I know that caught you by surprise. People, people should want what we have. They should desire something in us that says, man, there's something in him, in her, in them. I see something in their marriage relationship. I see something in their life. I see something that causes me to want what they have, the fruit of the Spirit. I believe there, the Holy Spirit will bring a conviction of sin. When you're filled with the Spirit, it's harder to sin. <laughs> when you're filled, I mean, do, do you understand what I'm telling you? When you're filled with, I mean, the fact is, is we're all tempted but when you're filled with the Spirit of God, it doesn't give place to a desire to want to do things that are against God. It wants to make you do things that are pleasing to God. And so there should be a desire in us. So I believe that the Holy Spirit, I believe that the Holy Spirit brings a consecration for service. It helps us to say, God, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If the Holy Spirit's in me, you know, I've told this church hundreds of times, and it seems like as long as I've been coming and preaching here, but I'm not telling you those that know me already know this, that I didn't go to Bible school. I missed all of that. I, I, you know, I was going to Florida State. God said, go. I thought he meant right then. I quit school at 19 years old and started traveling because I believed that I could do what God told me to do. And I consecrated myself for service to God. You know, I was telling some of the guys this weekend, they were asking, we were just talking about some different things. And I said, you know, I'm one of those guys that for 45 years of preaching the gospel, I've never done anything but preach. I've never taken another job. I've never done something different. It wasn't all real profitable days. There was some days of faith and seeking God, but I'm going to tell you something. God's always been faithful to me. But the Holy Spirit working in your life helps to consecrate you for service. 
It sets you apart to do the will and purpose of God. I believe the Holy Spirit filling you helped you to be a soul winner. It makes you want to do and tell people about the love of God that's touched you. It's not something that you have to make yourself do. Let your light so shine before men. So be filled with the Spirit. I believe that as an ambassador for Christ, one of the things that God wants us to also do is have an understanding of our culture. He wants us to understand that the message does not change, but sometimes the methods change. I mean, sometimes it's okay to do something different. We live in a society that is constantly changing. I came across a statistic, I almost couldn't say that, that said that society changes every three to four years. The church changes every 30 to 40 years. Do y'all get the drift on that? We are constantly getting further behind. We don't relate very well to our communities. And I believe that God wants us to do something different. We argue about things that society is not even involved with. We're talking about stuff that's even not an issue sometimes in people's lives. I believe that as the church of Jesus Christ, we are not here to be adversarial to society. We are here to be redemptive to society. Did you hear me? God is not mad at the world. God loves the world. And the church should love the world. Now, we don't love what the things that sometimes happens in the world, but we love the world. We're to be redemptive to the world. We're to be a people who are drawing people into a place of reconciliation with God to help them to know that there's a place in God that they can be and that they can serve the Lord. So I believe we don't change our message, but we do change the channel that so many times it's set on. You know, a lot of times most of the, the channels that we work on are jammed with so many different things. God help us to change the channel. You know, I, I didn't come up with this myself, but I heard somebody say that so many times the church is trying to send eight track tapes to a MP3 society. <laughs> Some of y'all have no idea what an eight track tape is. When I first started traveling at 19 years old, I made a few recordings where I played the piano and sang. I found some eight-track tapes that I used to sell. That's a bad feeling. <laughs> but the fact is, is so many times we're trying to operate it as eight tracks when it's an MP3 or even beyond that. Today in a society, God help us to recognize, again, we don't change our message. You know, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm personally glad, I, I may have said this before, but I'm personally glad that, you know, as, as a whole, that we, we've done away with ties when we preach. Thanks be to God. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, so, I'm so happy. I hated ties. I hate ties. I went to one time, I went to, I went to Kenya, and they said, 
I was going to preach at a big conference, and they said, uh, where's your tie, Brother Ron? I said, I don't have one. They said, we'll loan you one. I said, not only do I not have one, I don't want one. They said, you got to preach with a tie. I said, the anointing is not in the tie. <laughs> Just in case you missed that point. I said, I'll, I'll make a deal with you. If I preach without a tie and it bombs, nobody likes it. Next service, I'll preach with a tie. I'll even preach with three ties if that'll help. I'm willing. But you know what? God helped us. I didn't need a tie. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm glad that there's things, you know, that we could do today. I, I, again, I'm going to pick on the pastor, but he walked into the service, into his office this morning, and he had on jeans. And I was like, man, I wish I'd have wore jeans, you know? I knew he wasn't doing ties. I just didn't know we were doing jeans yet. <laughs> you know? Next year, I'll know. I'll, I'll come prepared. <laughs> but we're here to be redemptive. Let me just tell you that God wants us to understand our culture, understand what's happening around us, be redemptive. God loves the world. I believe that God expects us to use all of our gifts. We, there's diversity in the body. Everybody has something to give. Everybody has different gifts and talents. The Bible says that we're to be one, but we're not to be the same. There's a difference between oneness and sameness, okay? God tells us to be one, but not the same. I, I'm thankful that God helps us to do and use our different abilities and our different gifts and use different ways to, to touch people and to share people, well, share with people the love of God and minister to them and help them to see. You know, as I walked over here, I saw Bruce. Bruce has traveled with me on several different mission trips, you know. And the fact is, is he can, he can play his horn and people that were not even there just show up. It's amazing. They just, they'll come out of the woodwork. And I'm like, there was nobody here before. Why did they know that there was a horn? It's like a Pied Piper. People will come, and I'm glad for that. There are some gifts and talents. The Bible says your gift will make room for yourself. And so I believe that God helps us to use the gifts and talents that we have, understand the diversity. We spend too much time trying to make everybody like us when God is trying to make everybody like him and use our uniqueness for the purposes and the plans of God. I don't want everybody to be like us, you know? I had people come to me and say, Ron, I want to do what you do. Well, first of all, they don't really know what that means. <laughs> the second thing is, is the reality is, is that it's not a, there's, there's certain giftings and talents and abilities that God gives. You know, I was telling the, I was telling the guys at the, at the men's uh, meeting this weekend. They were asking me to tell some stories and I was telling about how that several years ago in Thailand that they put me up in a Buddhist monastery and I stayed in a little corner here with a bunch of Buddhists. Now that just doesn't fit into the, to the normal, I don't even know how to put that on my resume. You know? I mean, how do you, how do, how do you use that? I spent the night with a bunch of Buddhists in a monastery. You know? 
But the truth is, is, is God's given me the ability to do that. I just, I can, I can sleep. My wife will tell you, I can, if I could get horizontal, I can sleep. It's a gift from God that God has given to me. I got people that travel with me. They have to have three different pillows that they take with them and they have to get them all situated for them to sleep. And I'm like, it don't, it don't always work that way. You can't, you can't take all those pillows with you everywhere you travel. It doesn't happen that way. So God help us to understand the diversity of the body. And I want to just tell you that as ambassadors of Christ, do what God has called you to do. You know, I've said it so many times. Do something. Can I just tell you that I think so many times we're over-equipped and we're under-challenged. There's so many times the fact that Christians who seem to be sincere in their faith do almost nothing about it. You hear the message Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, but truth heard time and time again and not acted upon may prove more dangerous than truth not heard at all. Somebody heard that. God can take the small and make something great out of it. The Lord gave me a word that said, love without involvement is deception. You can say you love people, but if you're not involved, it's not real love. Love without involvement is deception. I want to tell you two stories. Sharon and I lived in Aiken, South Carolina, pastor in a church for 10 years and I was on the board of directors for the crisis pregnancy center and one night I was heading to a board meeting and the Lord spoke to me and said when are you going to get involved I said excuse me God I am involved I'm on the board I'm going to a board meeting I'm giving my time to be on the board and the Lord said, that's not really involved. That's being involved from a distance. He said, why don't you have, why don't you think about taking one of these girls in who's pregnant? I said, excuse me? That's, <clears throat> I didn't sign up for that. Then I felt like God left the car. I said, God, could we talk more about this? And so he came back. And I said, God, I said, let me pray about this. I went to the board meeting. I came home. I talked to Sharon. Within just a few weeks, we took a 16-year-old girl who was pregnant into our home that her parents didn't want her to be in the home being pregnant and not married. And she stayed in our house till she gave birth to the baby. The truth is, is I have no idea what happened to her on the rest of her life. So many times in those situations, she wound up going on with her life, but she stayed with us till the baby was born. Life was given. And what I want to tell you is it changed a lot of things in my life. Because it's one thing to sit on the board of directors for the Crisis Pregnancy Center. It's another thing to have a 16-year-old pregnant girl living in your house every day. And it helped me to understand what they go through and the choices they make and the things that they feel. 
And I don't know all the things that happened in her life. I know that we told her about the Lord. We know that she came to church. We know that she prayed with us. But I don't know what fully happened to her. But I know one thing. A seed was planted in her. You see, God wants us to be involved. When I was also in South Carolina, I felt like the Lord spoke to me one day and said, I want you to do a radio broadcast. I'd read something in a magazine about a Christian radio station in Anguilla called the Caribbean Beacon. And so I checked with them and I found out that I could buy a 30-minute, one, 30-minute a week, one broadcast on that station. It reached all the way over to to West Africa, down to South America, all the islands in the Caribbean. It's quite interesting to do radio because you're just sitting there in a little room and you're trying to talk to people and there's nobody there. And of course, you have a very definitive timetable. I mean, it's like five, four, three, two, one, you're finished, boom, it's over. But I did it and I did it for a number of months. I received a letter from Guyana, South America, that said, Pastor Ron, thank you for your broadcast, Words of Restoration on the Caribbean Beacon radio pro program. We live up in the mountains and the infrastructure is very difficult and cars cannot get up here and people have to walk everywhere they go. And so therefore, we don't really have anybody that comes up here and we have no church and we have no pastor. And said every Saturday night, said for the last several months, we have gathered together on Saturday night and put a radio in the middle of the living room and we listened to you preach for 30 minutes and said, you have become our pastor. Well, what do you do with that? You say, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to touch people's life. Again, I never got to go there. I never got to be in that place. I never got to see them. But we carried on some correspondence for a while. I don't know what happened to them, but I was able to sow a seed into their life. What I'm trying to tell you is, is do something for the kingdom of God. Do something with what God has given to you. Stop making excuses and saying another day, another place, another time. When I get enough money, when I have enough time, all of those things are excuses. It's time to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Christ. It's time. <laughs> Quite interestingly, years passed by. I had not done the broadcast in years, and I went to Costa Rica to speak at a pastor's conference. And like happened sometimes, I walked in, and, and it was right at time of the service, and they said, this is your translator, and gave him to me, and we sat down, and I introduced myself. I said, I'm Ron Gray. And when I said that, he said, words of restoration? I said, you know that? He said, I listened to you last week. I said, you listened to me last week? I said, I haven't been on the radio in years. I, I called the radio station and found out that when other people didn't pay their bills, that they had been using my archives and I was still preaching out there on the words of restoration. God has a sense of humor.
I want to encourage you today. Do what God has called you to do. Use what the Lord has put into your heart. A lot of people confuse intentions with actions. They make general decisions, but not specific decisions. I believe that God wants us to be passionate about the purposes of God in our life. And I want to encourage you today and tell you that you are an ambassador for Jesus Christ. In just a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity because I really believe the Lord told me very specifically this morning that there's some of you that are not in a right relationship with God and not where you need to be. But I believe that today you can be and will be if you choose to be. Pastor, I'm going to let Pastor come and receive an offering for us for our ministry. Thank you. And we're going to come right back in just a minute and we're going to enter into a time of prayer and ministry. Thank you for giving. Thank you for sowing. We appreciate it. I told you a week from tomorrow I'll be in the Philippines. And we appreciate anything and everything that you can help us to do for the kingdom of God. Amen. And, and so, some of you in here, you know what it is to have bypass heart surgery. And uh, some of you have had it and, you've, and your job is just giving you the time off. When you're a minister and you're a traveling minister and you're dependent upon the offerings, you know, Ron had to take several months off. And I just believe God's more than enough to meet every need, every everything that that, that that he needs is already met by faith in Jesus' name. And the same for you as well. I want you to bow your heads. Our ushers are coming. I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes right now, and just ask yourself, Lord, what should I sow into this ministry? You're going to make a check payable to Evangel, or you're going to uh, give online and just make a payable to Evangel. And just notice, for if you put for missions on this date, on this date, this 11th day of August, all of that's going to go to Brother Ron Gray's ministry. Lord God, I thank you that you see in secret and you reward openly. Now, Lord, there's some needs in this house. There's some people that need jobs and they need better jobs. We speak that into being in Jesus' name. We speak divine favor. Lord God, there's some people that have cash flow issues. And Lord God, we speak sufficient cash flow. Lord God, there are some people that, that are just wondering, what am I going to do next? Lord, we're all accept the call to be your ambassador. And we thank you that we acknowledge you with all of our heart and you're, you're directing our steps. And Lord Jesus, we thank you as we sow into this ministry, we're sowing into good soil that's going to bring forth a harvest and an increase. Thank you for meeting every need that Ron and Sharon have. Thank you for meeting every need in this house in Jesus' mighty name. We give you glory and praise and everybody says amen and amen. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and His church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.